This morning on Christmas Day, I want to draw our attention to Philippians chapter 2. We've been preaching from this passage of Scripture, and this is our third and final message entitled Humble King. So I want to read uh, from the Bible to you in just a moment, and then kids, we've got something that we're going to do together. This is what Philippians chapter 2 says. The Scriptures will be up on the screen. Have this in mind among yourselves. In other words, think about these things which is yours in Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That is Christmas morning. And being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. An amazing passage of scripture, and one which I want to draw your attention to this morning on Christmas Day. Verse 7 of this passage brings our attention to a person, the person that today is all about, Jesus Christ. He is the one who was born in the likeness of men, the Bible says. Jesus is the most remarkable king, as we will see from this passage as today progresses, we will see that Jesus is unlike any other king that the history of this world has ever known. And so it's so great to gather together this morning to celebrate him, to honor him, and to remember him. And kids, it's great to have you with me here today to help me. And because of this, I think we should play a game. Do any of you think we should play a game that includes sweets? Huh? Can I ask you guys to come together so that we're uh, bunched up together? And are we going to play a game? And the game is entitled, Who is This? Okay, and you're going to need to be able to look at the screens, and the way this game is going to work is we're going to put someone up on the screen that you don't know, welcome, we've got someone who's going to go up on the screen that you don't yet know, and when you see them, I want someone to tell me, you don't have to tell me what their name is necessarily, but you need to tell me what type of person is this, or what, what, what does this person do, does that make sense? Okay, are you ready? So the way I want you to do is put your hand up and then I'll choose you and then I'll bring, there we go, well done. And you get to put, and you get to take some. There we go, that's the way it works, that's the way it works. She's a quick learner. Well done, parents. Okay, are you ready? Here's the first person. Who is, no, 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 no. So we've, we've done the tutorial, now it's the real game. Okay, who is this? Okay, hands up. No, no shouting out. Hands up, hands up. Okay, you had your hand up first. What, 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 who is that? Okay, we'll have to try another one. Yes, sir. Who is it? A fireman or a firefighter. Give him a round of applause. There we go. You got some? No, that's cool. Okay, who, have you got how the game works? Okay, who's this? Ooh. He knew he wanted sweets, but doesn't know the person just yet. Yes. A 
gardener. Well, that is a gardener of sorts, also known as a lumberjack. Huh? There we go. Who's this? Ooh, now that's getting a bit more difficult. A pipe fixer kind of guy, huh? Are we going to give you that? Yes, we'll give you that. Also known as a plumber. They're known for bending over, okay? And who is this? Yes. There's another one just now called that lady in a scarf. Help me out, lady. Who's that? A person who saves people, also known as a paramedic. Oh, you can take more than one, darling. Look, there's a whole pile. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Who and who's this? Oh, now this is a bit difficult. Huh? I don't know if I should repeat that. Okay, <laughs> it's not a carpenter. Bob the Builder. Also known as a welder. Okay. It's definitely Bob. Okay. Oh, now this is a bit difficult. You are right. It is a farmer. In fact, she's a rice farmer. Did you also get that right? Okay, all right. Okay, you can take the whole thing. <laughs> We're not finished yet, though. Some parenting skills on display here. And who is that? Huh? Oh, my goodness. Donald Trump. No, you can take more than that. Huh? And next... Me, he is a diver. You are correct. You need more than that. Take some more. Oh, you got some. Okay. Yes, those are sheep's. And and who's the person in the picture? It's a type of farmer. You can have some for that. Shepherd, yeah. Okay, and who is this? A, a guy who helps with petrol. That's right, yes. And who's this? Pardon? You are correct, my darling. She is a pretty ballerina, isn't she? She's floating like you guys, huh? Okay, I'm trying to be fair now. Okay. You also said it, yes. Okay. All right, then the next one, we, we're getting there. Who is this? It's not Mary, no, no. It's a doctor and a lab technician. Well done. Teacher, u teacher. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. Anyone want a recharge voucher for five rand? Well, you are correct. In fact, he's a very special Zulu person. He's a Zulu warrior. No, I don't think he's a Sangoma. 
Okay. He is the chief. Does anyone know his name? Yeah, King Goodwill's Relatini. He's a king. That's actually a king. And this is a sad picture, but who would this be? That Jesus is always the right answer in children's church. So, so you get some for that. But no, it's not. What type of person would that be? A prisoner or a slave? Okay. All right. Okay, next. I think that's it, hey? Okay, we can just go to the black screen. Okay, now we're going to do a difficult thing, and uh, we're going to leave this here, and every time I think you guys are doing really well, we'll give you sweets. Is there anyone who hasn't had sweets? Because Auntie Jane would make sure, wants us to make sure that everyone, who, if you haven't had sweets, then put your hand in and get some and just pass on. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen next, okay? Kids, do you think it's possible to listen to me and have sweets passed around? Okay. <laughs> you can just pass it on, and if you didn't get sweets, you can, you can have some. And then let's leave some at the end for, for something at the end. Okay. Guys, you played this game. You actually hadn't seen any of those people before, have you? You actually didn't know those people, but you were able to guess who they were or what they did because they had a certain shape to them. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the shape or the form, because there's a word in our passage today, which is all about the form that Jesus had. And that is what I want to talk about today. On this Christmas day, the passage that we read uses the word in the ESV that Jesus took on a certain form. He had a certain shape. Why don't you just put up that slide with all the shapes? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Jesus had a shape. Can you see those shapes up there? There's headphones, there's a mustache, there's a cap. There's certain shapes. And because you, your brain had an idea of what the form or the shape of those people were, you were able to guess what they were. Just go back, Tessa, to that other picture. This is an incredible picture, a painting by a guy that Robert and I met in, Cape, in, in Canada just a few months ago. And this is a picture made up of 200 paintings that he took nine years to paint of 200 different kings and presidents. And if you come and you look at every single one of them, in fact, uh, King Shaka is there, President Mandela is there. He studied for nine years, 200 kings and presidents, and then he put them together in a mural that makes the face of King Jesus. Amazing? The amazing thing with this king, the most amazing thing with this thing is what he's wearing on his head, though. Because that's not a normal crown, is it? Yes. It is the thorn crown that they put on his head when Jesus died on the cross. And so I want to talk about this king today, and I want to say a few things. Can you guys just sit quietly for a little while, and then if you've got any sweets left over, we'll share them up amongst ourselves, okay, afterwards. So let's go back to our passage, Philippians chapter 2, and this is what our passage says. Although Jesus was in the shape, he was in the form of God, 
although Jesus is God, we know that he's God because it says in Hebrews chapter 1 that Jesus is the radiance. He is what you can see of the glory of God, and he is the exact imprint of God's nature. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 19 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus, although he was God, although he is God, he had the form of God. The Bible says this in the NLT translation of our passage. Jesus didn't try to to cling onto that divine form. Jesus chose to give it up. He, He chose not to, although he was God, he chose not to cling onto his godness, but he chose to give it up by coming to earth for you and for me. Jesus knew what it would cost him to leave heaven and to come to earth, and yet he decided to do it. Have you ever had to make a decision where you you have a big decision to make and you know it's gonna cost you a lot, and what do you do? You pause for a moment, hey, and you think about the effect. Well, Jesus thought about what he was gonna do. He thought about what it would cost him to leave heaven and come to earth, and he decided, I'm going to do it. And the reason why is he was thinking of people like you and me. And he decided it is worth doing. And so the Bible says, although Jesus was in the form of God, Jesus didn't hold on to his form of godliness, but he chose to give it up. That's what it says in verse, um, verse chapter 6. He gave up his privileges. He gave up his form. He gave up his privileges, the NLT translation says. He gave them up so that he could enter our humanity and he could come and save us from our sin. And the amazing thing in this passage of Scripture is Jesus is the active agent in the passage. Jesus is the one who's giving up his form of godliness. Sometimes people get get bound as prisoners and someone has taken them captive, but Jesus is the one in the Bible who's giving up his privileges and his rights. I was thinking of kids. Have any of you kids gotten presents this morning? Are you willing to give it up? There was a nice doll here somewhere. Hey? No, when you get given something, you want to hold on to it, but Jesus chose to give it up. Yes, darling. Did you get a present? That's awesome. Jesus didn't hold on to what was his, but he chose, the Bible says, to give it up. He chose rather to take a different form, a surprising form. He chose to take the form of a servant. In fact, that word servant in your Bible is actually the same word for slave. Jesus chose, although he was the king of kings and lord of lords, he chose to take the form of a servant. He left heaven, he left his throne, he left his privileges, and he took on another form, the role of a servant. Think about that. Jesus, king of kings, and a slave or a servant. Those two words don't normally go together, do they? Tessa, why don't you put up that picture of, the, of Jesus and the slave. Those two pictures don't normally go together in our minds. Jesus, the king of kings, who has come as a servant or as a slave to serve other people. Jesus came, though, 
And he did what was told about him 800 years before by the prophet Isaiah. If you read Isaiah chapters 42 through to 53, Isaiah the prophet, 800 years before Jesus came, he saw that the Messiah, the King of Kings, would come not as a royal regal king, but as a servant and one who would come to die for his people. Jesus himself said of himself in Matthew chapter 28, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you think about a servant, a servant exists to serve other people, doesn't it? A servant exists to please others, to, do, to provide for the needs of others. They are not by nature self-seeking. Their role is in fact selfless. Well, Jesus took on the form of a servant. Although he was the king of kings, he chose himself to take on the form of a slave or a servant. He was not made a servant, he took on that form. And so the Bible says in verse 8, being born in human likeness, being born in human likeness, being born in the form of a human, Jesus, the Bible tells us, became like us so that he could rescue us from ourselves and from our mistakes and from our sin. And so Jesus took this massive step to leave heaven and to enter our world, and that's what we remember today on Christmas Day. He stepped into our humanity so that we could experience him and we could know him and, as God. And friends, that really is the Christmas story, that God left heaven. That is why God is lying in a manger as a baby boy. Jesus, the eternal God, took on. He didn't hold on to his deity, but he took on a human form so that we could know him and love him and so that he could rescue us if we would just put our faith in him. That's what this verse goes on to say, that Jesus came so that he could die in our place for our sin. We know the story. Jesus didn't come. There's a little picture in the corner there of a, a little manger, and I don't even know if it looked that nice. But Jesus came not to pomp and ceremony, but he came humbly as the humble king. He came to serve and not to be served. He came ultimately to serve us by dying for us in our place for our sin. So that if you would put your trust in him, you would be forgiven of all your sin and he would pay for all your sin on the cross. Kids, friends, adults, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given, ever, forever. There will never be a greater gift. If we would only believe in him, if we would only place our trust and our hope in him, he will become our Lord and Savior, is what this passage is saying. And as we come to a close, this passage says, because Jesus did this, God the Father has done something. The Bible says, therefore, in verse 9, God has exalted Jesus. He came to live the perfect life that we couldn't live. He came to die in our place and rise again victorious over sin, Satan, and death. And now, because he did that, he is the risen and the exalted forever King of kings. His name is a name like no other. 
His name isn't just a name. It is a name that has power. And because of who Jesus is and because of who God has exalted Jesus to be, every single person on planet earth needs to consider themselves, how am I going to respond to this king who came for me, who left heaven for me, and has been exalted by God the Father. The Bible in this verse here says that there needs to be a response ultimately because God exalted him. Can I ask the band to come and join me because we're about to close and sing our last song. And this in verse in verses uh, 10 and 11 is the response that the Bible says God requires from every single person. There's a promise here. It says, therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth. Friends, you've got two options. You either bow the knee to Jesus while you're still alive, or you will bow one day when he returns in glory. The Bible says that we've only got one chance. This one precious life that God's given you now is the time that you've got to bow the knee willingly to the Lordship of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Ultimately, every person on the planet will face one question at the end of the age. What did you do with the knowledge of who Jesus is? And you'll be reminded of this day either because you worshipped Jesus on this day or because on this day you put your faith in Jesus and you asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, or, sadly, that you heard and you didn't. Friends, the Bible is utterly true. The truth will always be true. And the Bible says that every knee, in the Greek, every means every, Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is worthy of our worship. And that's what I want us to remember today. We're going to close by singing a song about the beautiful name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. But the question that we really need to ask this morning is, personally, have you... Have I? This is a question we don't ask over other people. It's a question we need to ask over ourselves. Have I responded to who the Bible says Jesus is? Have I responded in worship? Have I responded not just in singing songs, but exalting Him and worshiping Him with my life? Maybe the best thing you could ever do today is close your eyes with me in just a moment and pray. And maybe today for the first time ever, you would say, Jesus be the Lord of my life. I haven't given you any present. I haven't wrapped it up. But that would be the greatest gift you could ever get. So I want to encourage you. Why don't you close your eyes? Kids, would you close your eyes with me? Parents, let's close our eyes. Let's just thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that although you are God, you didn't cling on to your godness, but you gave it up to get born in a manger, to live a simple life, 
but a perfect life in my place and for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you did what we could never do. And then you chose to die in our place for our sin and to rise again victorious, defeating the grave, defeating death itself. And Lord Jesus, we exalt you this morning. We say, Lord, there is no one like you. There is no other name like your name. And we love you, Jesus. This morning, I just want to say to you as everyone's eyes are closed, I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm not even going to ask you to put up your hand. Because putting up your hand doesn't restore you to a right relation with God. But putting your faith in Jesus does. If you have never asked Jesus, if you've never called him King Jesus, Lord Jesus, and asked him to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all the wrong things you've done, today is the best day to do that. And if you have done that before, why don't you just thank him for the gift of forgiveness that he washes your sin away. But if you've never put your faith in Jesus, friend, it is, it is as simple as believing in your heart and confessing him in your mouth, Jesus, I believe that you're Lord and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And then just walking with him, walking out that faith step for the rest of your life. Lord Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and we thank you. Let's stand together and close by singing about the beautiful name of Jesus Christ.